Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Psychic's Thoughts. Today, I'll be discussing my initial thoughts and basic review or overview of No Man's Sky, the video game of all video games that has one of the weirdest trajectories in modern gaming history. Now, to begin, my interest in the game started when the hype train started back in, what, 2014, 2015, E3, when they started to show off the game uh, gameplay and mechanics and the general feel of the game, as well as some visual demonstrations. What they pitched at the time was this is a space exploration game, and with procedural generation and all kinds of varied life forms, multiplayer interactions, space fights, and more. And it looked incredible. It looked like the game of all games. A game where you can hop in a spaceship, leave the planet, hop to another planet, do what you want there, go to a space fight, and explore at your own pace. But there's, you know, still points and, and things to unlock and progression. That's, that's not what came to be. Now, as a disclaimer, as interested as I was in this game, because I am a science fiction fan of pretty much all kinds, uh, Star Wars and Star Trek being my um, go-to for, you know, visual media, but uh, some of my favorite books, Ready Player One and Armada, both by Ernest Cline, who's one of my favorite authors, and uh, so I've always been fascinated with the science fiction on the side of space travel and spaceships and lasers and, you know, all that cool stuff. And this game looked like, you know, Minecraft in space. Instead of exploring one world, it's better graphics, there's more grounded mechanics, and you are an explorer through the depths of the galaxy with trillions of planets, and that's what they pitched, and I didn't have a PlayStation, and it was a PlayStation exclusive, and I was eager to hear how the game went because I really wanted it, and I was like, okay, if this game's good enough, I'll get the PlayStation for this game and all the other great exclusives. But it flopped. It flopped not because it was a bad game. It was an okay game with great foundation. It flopped because it lied to everybody. The hype was fabricated. Yeah, you could do space exploration. Yeah, you can jump between planets, but what nobody paid attention to was the depth and the richness of what was going on. We were too consumed with the idea of the scale. Because open worlds before No Man's Sky majority of the time take place in one world, other than Minecraft being a rare exception. Um... But for the most part, open worlds take place in one map, one world. It could be very big. <laughs> it could take 150 hours to finish. But never have we, that I at least, have seen a game where, yeah, let's multiply that and make it procedurally generated so every encounter is a little different. Every planet is unique, and you can explore and claim your own planets. It's awesome. It's an awesome concept. But the question is, are you just flying in a spaceship to each planet, looking at rocks, collecting dust, and then claiming it? That doesn't sound very exciting. 
and some of the mechanics in place made the the minute-to-minute gameplay more of a chore than an actual fun and, you know, interesting exploration game. And that was the start of this game that released in, I believe, of 2015. And it was forgotten for the most part, you know? It had such a bad PR stunt that a lot of people left it. So many other games in the past five years, right? Including myself. I didn't get a PlayStation, I moved on. I'm like, oh, well, that's a shame. I was really hoping it would do well. Maybe maybe they'll update it, maybe a sequel. I was hoping for that. And my dreams came true. On all fronts. Because not only did it come to Xbox and Xbox Game Pass, which I have, and which is a great program, but it's improved in all the areas that I thought from just outside observation where it should improve and now it's one of the big space games of my dreams so let's get into it right after this ad break thanks Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate you joining me on this episode. So I gave you a little little bit about the ups and downs. Um, and before I really get into the meat of the gameplay, I, I really do want to explain from what I've learned uh, from my research and observation how much of a comeback No Man's Sky pulled off, right? So we talked about its initial blunder, if you will. Sean Murray, the creator, um, the head of Hello Games and the creator of the game, lied multiple times. I mean, he's on the Colbert show. He was, you know, all these interviews hyping up this game to unprecedented levels. And he lied to us because the game wasn't really what he said it was. Not because it couldn't be, but because most likely they just didn't implement all these things that they said they were. Crunch time got down and they had to put the game out and make the money back. It was a small studio of, I think, 15 people. It's an indie game. So it's incredible the amount of work they've been able to pull off. And the No Man's Sky community as a whole, between all platforms, is thriving. And the reason for this is simply because they looked at their mistakes and they said, yeah, we can fix it. We're not going to abandon this game, make a No Man's Sky 2, or just make an entirely new project and hide from the world. No. We've got such a great idea here, we're going to expand on it, and that's exactly what they did. So for my research in the initial game, yeah, you had plenty of exploration, yeah, you can mine. But now that I've had the game and I've played it, and let me tell you, I've sunk in, and it's kind of, you know, it's kind of sad how many hours I've sunk, uh, about 30. And I've had it for two to three weeks, so, you know, every night for a couple hours I play it. And it's been a blast. And I made a lot of progress in this time and learned a lot about the game. Um, I'm no expert. I haven't been playing for the five years. I haven't uh, put in hundreds and hundreds of hours. But, you know, it's a pretty significant chunk, to be honest with you, in such a short time. Um, it's pretty much the only game I've been playing. And these games, you know, exploration games at your own pace, I, I usually become uninterested in not because I can't set my, set my own objectives, but because the objectives and the rewards themselves do not entice me enough to keep playing. You know, after maybe 10 to 15 hours, I get the gist of the game and I move on. And that's what I heard about the initial start of um, 
of No Man's Sky, it was within the first 10 to 15 hours, you get the gist of the game. The planets become repetitive. The gameplay loop becomes repetitive and uninteresting. And it's also just a chore to travel, to, you know, maneuver, because these are massive, these are full-scale planets, right? It, It would take you... In real time, if you were to travel from point A to point B walking, let's say you didn't have your spaceship for whatever reason, and you decided to walk across a planet, it could take you, you know, I mean, some planets are smaller than others, but for one, it, it could take you five days. Right now, that's not, you know, it's not nearly the scale of Earth, right? If you, you I mean, you couldn't walk because bodies of water, but hypothetically, if there was a bridge that wrapped around the diameter of the Earth, you couldn't walk it in five days couldn't run it in fact you could just impossible but um but you know some planets five days and i bet you there are some other planets that would take i i don't know a week a month (laughs) who knows and then of course that that real time indicator when you're looking at a certain objective or a beaker a beacon or you know a point of interest that you place it changes depending on the speed you go so if you jetpack it goes a little more if you're in a spaceship it can take it can still take a couple hours in a spaceship but if you hit the pulse drive which is like a short end hyperdrive not quite hyperdrive but it's like a a massive boost there's normal thrust then there's a boost then there's pulse drive that makes you zip zappity zap real quick and then there's a hyperdrive that makes you literally jump between galaxies but anyway pulse drive and you do that then it takes maybe 30 seconds to a minute so anyway but there are times where i'm spending too much time just trying to get from point A to point B and I can't imagine because I've looked at the content updates that No Man's Sky has had over the years and now they've added base building mechanics a lot kind of kind of like the mechanics of Fortnite you know you can build different structures you have to unlock them by gaining salvage tech and you know there's there's a bunch of minerals and chemical compounds that are based in real you know it's a real periodic table and it's awesome and they have different values and stuff and so you try to buy or find a ship, upgrade it, get parts, all these mechanics at play. But when you build a base, you can build a teleportation module. Um, it's a little portal. And that makes you jump between bases that have more of those, whether it's your own bases or space stations. So as you explore more galaxies, each galaxy, that I, from what I've played, each galaxy has at least one space station. And so you can jump between it. And that's... Oh my god, <laughs> takes 10-30 seconds to load. Um, you know, it's better than doing hyperdrive in your spaceship and or, you know, especially if you're trying to just to get to a space, space station to sell something or buy something quickly. It's, it's a very convenient feature. And it looks like there's smaller, um, short-end teleportations just between large bases, which would be very handy for me because I consider... You know, because I spend most of my time walking from point A to point B if I'm in a base where I can't teleport or be in my spaceship. So anyway, I've learned that they didn't have exocrafts. They didn't have the, all these features. The gameplay mechanics themselves weren't as finely tuned. But they've added third-person perspective, which I prefer playing. And honestly, it's better than first-person. Um, it's more responsive. They've added more content, more spaceships, more currencies, more alien races, more just more content, but also finer-tuned gameplay mechanics, and also just entire things that change the way you play, like, like a base, 
like an entire new storyline that's shorter and easier to complete that gives you enough rewards like new rewards like new just entirely like online multiplayer they didn't have at launch and now they do you can do missions with friends you can meet people online they can go to your planets when you claim a planet you it's yours and it's uploaded to the server and so if someone comes by that planet they'll see your name and it really gives that explorer mentality that vibe and it once you unlock you have to play for a couple hours but once you unlock the space station the um it's called the anomaly and basically and i'm not going to spoil any stories or anything but basically once you unlock that <clears throat> you you can teleport it to you you can place it wherever you want and then you can zip zippity zop into it and you're in the multiplayer hub and it's awesome there's new there's more npcs more vendors higher things to upgrade right it's like the tower in destiny so it gives you more than just a regular space station and you can interact with real people online which once again they didn't have and they said they had in the opening you know when the game first dropped so this game has had a monumental growth curve in terms of content improvements um, bug fixes everything excuse me they even changed the you know they updated and upgraded the visual fidelity for when mid-tier consoles came out and so now they have a 60 frame rate uh and they have 4k options and they've just increased the visuals regardless if you have a xbox one x or ps4 pro and now you can play it on pc i believe and actually you might have been able to from the start no no it's ps4 exclusive so now it's on xbox ps4 and pc and it's on game pass so it's also cross-platform so they've really made it a universal game and they've made it more interesting in the minute-to-minute gameplay from what i've observed so now i'm going to go a little more in depth on my personal gameplay experience right after this break welcome back hope you're all doing well so i'm in love with this game and that's because i'm a science fiction nerd now if you don't like exploration if you don't like space games if you don't like mag large scale games it's not your kind of game you know it's not it's not a first person shooter it's not a dystopian like fallout it is the best way i can think of it is if you made minecraft with more polished three-dimensional graphics right but if you made minecraft with a but made it so minecraft has spaceships it's yeah i don't know i don't know how to explain it really and it never gets old when you hop in your spaceship you go from point a to point b and then you land in orbit and you break through the atmosphere and then you're in that planet and then you can land anywhere in that planet and some planets are bigger so it can take you a while to scale and then you scan you find animals and creatures and plants and minerals so in the start of the game i didn't look anything up and that's the great thing in this game there's no single way to play it there's no way that you can be better at playing it you don't have to follow the story at all i've been so sidetracked from the story i'm i'm hardly through the story 
not because I'm not interested in it, just because I got so enamored with all the features and I kind of wanted to get myself in a comfy place financially, right? So there are three different currencies that I know of right now, my first 30 hours, three weeks in my gameplay. There's units. That's the dollar bill. That's the most common currency. You get it from completing objectives, from mining, from selling stuff, from buying, you know, you have to buy stuff. It's, it's just the most common currency. Each space station has a galactic terminal that allows you to sell and buy stuff. It shows you the demand percentage. Um, you want to buy stuff that's at a lower demand percentage because it's, you know, if it's at 0%, that means it's at its base rate. So whatever that thing is, if uh, you have cobalt, which is a pretty cool mineral, I'll tell you a little bit about that in a minute. It's worth, I think, 245 units a piece, right? And so if it's at 0% market rate, it's just going to be that worth one piece of cobalt. If it's plus 3%, then it's going to be plus 3% higher if it's negative, you know. So that's an important factor to understand when you're buying stuff, but also when you're selling. Because if you sell or buy too much of one thing, it can crash that item in the market. And any you know, NPC spaceships that come in and you try to trade with, they're running on the percentage that's in that space station. So it's a very basic economic system at place. And then there's nanites. Nanites you get from exploring, from missions, from uploading information, from certain NPCs that reward you. Nanites are kind of like the more premium currency. And those are meant to buy upgrades, module upgrades, more sufficient things that dramatically change the way you play. Whereas units can buy some upgrades, but they usually just buy actual minerals and items. So nanites are more permanent upgrades. And then there's Quicksilver, which I believe is just... You you earn from objectives and NPCs, and I believe Quicksilver is just for cosmetic upgrades, and that's probably where they have some microtransactions. But I haven't had... I haven't experienced at any point where I've needed to use any, and that's an incredible feat from an indie studio with such a big game in so many places where they could say, oh, you want this item? You gotta pay a dollar. I haven't seen any microtransactions yet. It's all through gameplay. And if there is microtransactions, I actually would have to go out of my way to find them. So, kudos to uh, Hello Games and the people behind No Man's Sky in general for making it so microtransactions aren't there as frequently, or if at all. So you got these three currencies, and they all play different parts. And minerals, 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 minerals. They are vital. Of course they're vital. You've got carbon, you've got, you know, sodium nitrate, you've got uh, cobalt, you've got all your basic minerals, and they all serve different purposes. They are meant to build different structures, upgrade certain tech and modules, They're also meant to keep you alive, keep your gear running, charge up your equipment. They're the necessities of the game, you know? You need it. It's like ammunition in Call of Duty. If if ammunition was limited at any capacity and you're out of ammo, you're fucked. It's a first-person shooter game. I mean, you could run around with a knife, but trust me, it's not as efficient as having an M4A1 in COD, right? So, this is your ammunition, essentially. And there are laser guns, and there's multi-tools that allow you to mine and then switch to, um, you know, mine in terms of gaining mineral resources. Then there's a feature called Terrain Manipulator, which lets you build basic terrain structures or 
completely demolished structures, like entire floors and stuff and ground, not just rocks and plants and trees and, you know, certain minerals, but you don't get much from it other than what the earth is made of, whether it's ferrite dust or silicon powder. I think it's silicon powder. Anyway, and that helps you access new things, or you can mine a deposit, but that's, that's a small feature. So, all your tools will need to be used at certain points. You do have a laser gun, you know, an actual that shoots projectiles to defend yourself from enemies and animals. It doesn't have great, it's not like Rockstar, even. It's not great shooting mechanics, but it does its job. So, I'm always worried when I play an exploration game, how much action, how how much intrigue will there be? Because you can't manufacture the curiosity and intrigue of exploration for forever, right? So, I was always, I was concerned about this game. I was like, can it really keep me hooked, make me want to explore, right? I mean, there's a certain level of me that does want to do it, but how much more will it entice me? It does a very good job. Maybe it's my own personal curiosity that's been heightened, but there's so many new things and objectives, and it's not just checking off a box, it's improving your experience and exploring other planets and creatures. And it hasn't gotten repetitive for me yet, and I've bounced between four different galaxies, four different systems, and I've explored, I think, ten planets total. And there's trillions of planets. (laughs) And there's a storyline, and there's more upgrades and modules and things that I don't even know about yet. And there's tech trees. It's it's expensive. It's a lot of lot of gameplay. If you were interested enough, you could probably play this game for forever. And it looks like they're gonna keep updating it, giving it refinements, making sure it's not as buggy, you know, adding new tech, new maneuverability, making it a little more streamlined. Because, and I've always found this important in video games. There's a difference between making a game challenging and making it tedious. It's a very fine line. And Rockstar, I find, to be quite bad at this. Sometimes they want you to be, you know, fully immersed. But in, like, Red Dead, riding your horse around is fine. But riding it for extremely long distances isn't fun. It's monotonous, it's boring, and it's actually kind of a broken mechanic. Not fully, it works. And there is fast travel, but, I mean, come on. It's really not that convenient. And I get it. You want people to explore the actual world, not just bounce between things. So maybe make it at a certain point when they spent X amount of hours or got through X amount of missions in the game, you unlock a more flexible fast travel. Because I don't need to see the same rock formation again. But the thing about No Man's Sky is not everything is the same, right? It is procedurally generated like Diablo 3 or like Minecraft. So everything's a little a little different. There are new species, there are new varieties. You can explore an entire new planet that no one has ever seen before. And that's a really cool concept to the whole exploration vibe. And then there is my favorite part of the game so far. And I've always wanted this in a video game that isn't, you know, too overwhelming to learn mechanically. And that is freighters and frigates. Super spaceships, essentially. Yeah, you have your personal spaceship, you know, your starship, but you... Your fighter, you know, you fly around, you can hold extra materials, you know, blast things away, mine things from asteroids, and get from planet to planet, station to station. And that's great. You need that. It's one of the cool things. And you can switch perspectives, and there's actual modules and gauges and really cool, intricate design patterns inside the cockpit, and that's awesome. And then there's the big spaceships. 
They're worth millions and millions of units. And you get one, and not only do you expand your inventory tenfold, but you have the ability to have a floating space station, essentially. So you don't just need a space station on planet, though they yield different results. Like, you can put mineral extractors, and you can have a teleportation thing. Whereas in a spaceship, you can't. But you can bounce between systems in a spaceship. You can have an armada fleet of frigates that go out and do missions for you and retrieve items that you wouldn't be able to get otherwise, or very few of. It's awesome, and I'm currently, I got one, and I wanted one, and I knew it takes a while to get to one. You can find a free uh, um, freighter if you save them from pirates, if you answer their distress call and save them from pirates, and I was waiting for that to happen, and about after six to ten hours of gameplay worth where I've been just specifically waiting for that to happen, exploring in space, doing other things, of course, but wondering when the hell will this happen, I'm like, you know what, fuck it. I'll just make enough money to buy one. I saw I saw one I really liked. It was a Class A uh, cargo frigate. Or spaceship fr- freighter. I know there's a difference. There's a freighter and the frigates are smaller, I think. Anyway, I'm like, yeah, I just want to get this one. And I saw it was 15 million units and I had 800,000 units. <laughs> and this is where minerals come in play. Yeah, you use minerals to build and, and do structures. You also... If you mine them a lot or learn the market system, you can flip it and make a shit ton of money. So I use cobalt, and this is where it gets interesting. I had 800,000 units, and I mined for about 30 minutes to get about 4,000 cobalt as a starting point. And then I bounced between, I had four space station systems, each with their own galactic terminal, where you sell and buy things that have different percentage demand for cobalt. So I went to stuff with the um, highest, or with the lowest demand, and I bought out all their cobalt using my 800k. Crashing their market, bringing their demand to negative 80%, and then bouncing around, asking NPCs, and coming back and forth, buying more at the lowest, at negative 80% it's worth. So I rinsed and repeat, and I did this between all systems, and I you want to check the cartographers, they give you maps, but they also allow you to sell stuff at a different percentage rate than the Galactic Terminal. So it's a whole other facet that people might not realize, right? And they usually sell it at higher, from what I've observed. So I bounced around each system, and I sold out Cobalt, and I made, and I got a total, from 4,000 Cobalt, I got to a total of 175,000 Cobalt. And I watched my markets, I bought them out, I you know, drained each galactic space station, flipping their entire market, and then I went to the highest bidder that was left at, a, I think, a 4.9%, no, maybe 4.5 plus, 4.5% demand, and I sold it to them. I made 15 million units, 16 million units, actually. It took me 90 minutes of flipping and going back and forth. And now I have systems in play. I write it down, I log it, I make sure which system has the best percentage. So I do some scouting on the mineral I want, and then I go and do it. Last night I did the same thing for chlorine and some extra cobalt. And I made 3 million in 30 minutes. So that's a fast way of getting cash. Now it's not perfect. For some reason, some of the markets are still hurt. That This was last week, and the markets are still hurt by my cobalt expenditure. There was one market that still had a negative 80% demand, which is crazy because I like using cobalt. It's very, very plentiful and it's very, very valuable in large amounts. So that's, uh, if you play the game, that's something to know. 
Also, if you have Game Pass, you can download this game for free, which I did, and I'm very happy about it. So, once I got that money, I bought my uh, main spaceship, bought some extra, uh, you know, and then you get materials, you, you have upgrade modules to do things, and it's a whole nother aspect of the game. And now I have three smaller frigates with my fleet. And I plan on getting more money, buying more frigates, and I'm trying to build up an armada, a really cool one. That's my goal. Uh, and completing the story and exploring new planets and all these things. And I've upgraded my multi-tool. I have a very good, uh, you know, I have good upgrades on my exosuit and all that. I have a nice spaceship, Class A spaceship that I found and repaired, and it took me a week of finding the parts and buying them, and, and that was a chore, but it's worth it, because I have actually a pretty solid starting spaceship for my first couple weeks of gameplay. So I'm well off. I understand some of the economies. I understand the base mechanics. Um, I have a small armada now. <laughs> I have four space stations now of my own. One main one that has solar panels and all the things, a lot of storage containers. I actually built it next to an outpost, a full-functioning outpost with a merchant that sells parts and components and blueprints and all that, and that has a galactic terminal station built into it, and I did that a while ago before I could even unlock a galactic terminal, so I just extended my base from there, and I have solar, and I actually have one mineral extractor and two storage units and a pipeline running to it, and the mineral extractor is on an S-level, S-tier, S being the highest, for copper. So now I have free copper. I get, uh, I think I get up to 2,200 copper every 12 hours for free, which can be processed to, um, of course. And it just left me one of the most important metals. Anyway, it can be processed to all kinds of things and be very helpful. Anyway, that's the nitty-gritty information. If you've never played the game, you're like, what the fuck is he talking about? Basically, in my early gameplay, I created a base, used a base that was already there, essentially claimed it, built onto it, made a mineral extract so I can get some really pretty consistently valuable minerals for free at all times, at least. Have a place to go to on ground that has a teleportation module. Learn the market system. Made a bunch of units. Now I know how to utilize that. And now I have solid gear across the board, including a small armada that I'm building. And that's within the th first 30 hours and some extensive research on how to, you know, how to play a little more efficiently. And there's way more to it that I still have to learn. And I'm excited. Um, it's a great game, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. And I, you know, like I said, I barely scratched the surface of the story modes and the extra missions. There's so many more galaxies to explore, things to see, people to meet, and also more things to upgrade. I don't have an exocraft yet. I probably have, could have gotten one. It just hasn't been on the forefront of my mind. And it's the, it's just amazing. It's beautiful. There, there are sunsets that are beautiful. Each planet has its own diverse weather pattern. Each galaxy has its own economy and species inhabiting it. Each planet has different animals or variations. Now, a lot of animals, a lot of plants have the same amount of same sort of things, right? There's always rocks with ferrite dust. There's always certain carbon plants and sodium plants so you can get your basic necessities to survive. There's almost always cobalt in mines. But there's still new plants, new chemical compounds, new things. 
to unlock and explore and not only do i love exploring it but i love the space combat it's actually really solid it's better than the baseline on ground shooting mechanics they really hone that and so it makes dogfights in space pretty fun pretty exciting and it makes having an armada pretty fun that we're attacking a fleet and i don't even know how, the limit in which you can have an armada but it'd be really cool because I've heard you can do epic space battles, which I've always wanted to do in a video game. And I can't wait to see, with the next gen coming out, I hope they just keep the game updating. I hope they have a massive update in visual fidelity and all that, and new content for the next gen. I hope it stays on Game Pass. If it doesn't, I will buy the game, because it is one of my new favorites. And I hope I can keep playing it and keep interested in it for some time. And so that's just the bare minimum meat of the game. If you like Star Wars, if you like space exploration, if you like building or mining like Minecraft, if you like any of these features, please check out the game when you can. It's free on Game Pass, so if you have a PC or Xbox, you can have, you know, if you have Game Pass, you can definitely try that out that way. You can also just probably demo somewhere or just buy the game. Um, if you're interested in any of those kinds of things. If you want to, and it takes some learning. But it's not, I'm, it might sound overwhelming, but it's not. It, you can go at your own pace. If you never want to make millions and millions of units and learn the market and buy a freighter, if you're never interested in that, you just want to uh, fully explore one planet and make an epic base throughout the entire planet, hey man, go at it. If you want to just play the story, please do. If you just don't even care, just want to have one base just so you can go back to and just explore things in your spaceship, don't even worry about a freighter by all means. My goal was to get a freighter, have some bases, have some form of easy resources, you know. I would always, if I were you, you know, if you're just starting the game, learn the basic mechanics and learn ways to make some of the things that could be monotonous or tricky later, get it down. Get get extra units in the storage. Always work on getting more inventory. Always have some extra resources at hand that is safe in your inventory slots. I do. I have enough resources that if I lost everything on my persons and I just had to go off that, then that's fine. It's also, if you if you do lose everything, it's not that hard to regain. Of course, it saves and auto-saves. You can start new games. It's an incredible game. And I'm having a blast with it. And I just wanted to share you some of my in-depth thoughts and uh, my gameplay experience. We're going to take one more break and then I'm going to wrap this up. Welcome back, everybody. So, now, this game isn't perfect by any means, right? There are bugs. There are glitches. It can get, you know, a little repetitive here and there. Like, I, I've been playing Call of Duty Modern Warfare here and there. When I'm like, I don't feel like um, managing that. It is about managing. And it is... Um, but it's fun. It's not just boring or monotonous. And I think I need to get that across. And there is action. And there is exploration. And there is wonder and curiosity that should... You know, it's there, but it should also just poke your natural intrigue, if you like these kinds of things. Um, but it can be inconvenient. It can get tiring to even bounce between multiple systems, even though that's the best way you can do it. Um, but that's the choice I made, to try to sell and flip markets. It's a grind. Um, but it's always your choice. 
right? And it can get overwhelming because I do have three missions at play that's asking me to do. And there are a lot of icons and things to explore, but you don't ever have to do it. And that's one thing I have to remind myself. I never have to explore that structure if I don't want to. It's all at my pace, and I like that. You're not punished for not following their path. Even in games that are open world, the story usually unlocks so many basic things that you need that if you go on just side quests or, you know, extra encounters, you will get fucked. Whereas in this game, it gives you the base things you need right away. And then everything else is at your own pace. And I keep, every time I load up the game, I'm like, okay, I gotta do this mission. I gotta do this story mission. And I'm like, but I do want to get another frigate. Or I do want to get a spaceship. Or more resources to stay comfy. Who knows, it could be another 30 hours until I actually really start jumping in. I've done a, I did a handful of story missions in the beginning. Because it, it kind of gives you an avenue of, um, a path of bouncing between certain galaxies and easier ways to get to that. But it's not impossible to do it on your own without the story. But this game doesn't hold your hands. It gives you the bare minimum mechanics. When you get a new tool, it tells you the simplest ways of using it. It tells you how to build them. There are logs, there are guides, there are information in the game that you can learn about the materials. But everything else you kind of just have to learn on your own about the markets and stuff. And you can watch YouTube videos. This game's been out for five years. You can go to Reddit. That has great content for anything, but especially people who are trying to, you know, help with the game. There's some people who've been playing the game for a couple years who didn't realize they could build a base next to an outpost that I discovered that I could do. It's not because they didn't couldn't figure it out it's just because you know it never occurred to them it doesn't hold your hand it doesn't tell you hey you can and should do this it just says here are the basic tools have fun it's a sandbox in its truest form and it's a great game for it of course there are some things you know there i wish there was some more information where i don't always have to look it up just to get peace of mind like um you know can your freighter be attacked? I still don't have a clear answer on that, and I've looked it up extensively. Um, you know. But but regardless, there are... For the most part, you can always figure it out or look it up. And it's fun just to play. You just play, and if you see a plan or you see something that intrigues you, you go to it, and you're there. There's not many boundaries, not many restrictions, and it's, it's a truly uh, free, much like what Zelda is. You know, what, what Breath of the Wild is, it, this is in a larger scale in space, and it's awesome for it. And I haven't even gotten all the details of the convenient methods, and I've gotten some of the details of the bare minimum, the basics, and the stuff that I found the coolest in my initial couple weeks of, game, of gaming. But um, that's No Man's Sky for you. If you haven't played it, or if you just remember it from the uh, kind of rough start, don't remember it for that. It's had a massive comeback. It's not perfect. There are many things to improve and, and grow on. But man, is it better than I could have ever imagined. They've added things that they never mentioned before, right? They've really gone above and beyond. And for that, I appreciate that. And it 
it's that one game it's that when i read the book armada and i read ready player one i'm like i was thinking because at the time uh, ready player one or no sorry um no man's sky was in you know hype mode right and i was like maybe no man's sky is kind of the epitome of what this these books are kind of getting into won't be exact won't be as expansive since those books took place way in the future but i'm like maybe this is the starting point it came out and flopped i'm like and now it is where these books that I was reading, you can have your own armada. Jesus Christ, that's what the game, that's what the book I've, one of my favorite books is about. Ready Player One and the Oasis. Way, way, way more diverse. It's like a massive MMORPG. If you haven't seen the movie or haven't read the book, it's one of my favorite books and I highly recommend it. And the movie's great by one of my favorite directors. So perfect combination. But you know, Ready Player One and the Oasis is so expansive. No Man's Sky is a sci-fi exploration, you know, confined within the the rules of the game. But it's a big game, and there's a lot to do, right? It's not like a multiple crossover. It's not like you fly to a planet, to planet uh, DC and fight Batman and Superman. It's not like, you, you know, it's not IP jumping. <laughs> it's its its own IP. But for it, it's, it's an amazing uh, representation of scale, of diversity within that scale. The, the worst thing that I heard about the game in initial launch was, yeah, it's cool in scale, but it's not intriguing to explore after a couple hours. And that's a big issue. And it seems that they've remedied that. I was afraid. I mean, it can, the planets aren't all so very diverse that you've never seen it before. You'll see some of the same things. And even then, I'm still intrigued to keep pushing. So, like I said, it's a great game. It's open. It's, it's thoughtful. It's a very smart and intricate intricately woven game and it lets you play and feel like you're really exploring the depths of space however you want to so i'm having a lot of fun with it and i'm excited to keep playing it thank you all for tuning in to psychic's thoughts and hearing my initial thoughts and reviews on no man's sky i'll have more podcast episodes coming out throughout the month and the year and i appreciate all the love and support thank you all